Welcome everybody to the Row by Row Garden Show. Glad to have you here this evening and glad for you to be a part of us helping you grow your own food, growing and eating and partaking in a healthier lifestyle and a more wholesome lifestyle by growing your own food. We have Miss Hoss in the house tonight. We got a very good show lined up. We're going to be talking about something that's very important that we may have overlooked in the past, but we think this is probably also very time sensitive. We're going to be talking about planting fall planting. Planting. Planting fall planting. How about that? It's a tongue twister. It's a tongue twister, but it's very important, especially when we dove into a preparation for this thing, we realized just how important it was. So we got good things coming tonight on that right there. Nice to have you in the house, Miss Hoss. Good to be back. Yep, good deal. Okay, so let's talk about a minute. What's up in the garden? What's up in your garden? Well, tomatoes and everything has been coming in for a while. We're getting toward the end of some of that. Although I got a one variety that I'm trialing that's going to be a little later. So everything's kind of working its way down to the end. I'm planting cover crops. Uh, last Saturday, I planted black oil sunflower in a big patch that we have as a cover crop. I planted also some pro cuts as a slash cover crop slash pollinators in a plot. And I planted sorghum sedan grass in another plot. And I have plans of putting buckwheat on another plot. So we're in the process of putting cover crops in those areas that we're not planning on utilizing in the next near future. Keep them covered up, something growing there, and uh, let those cover crops do their things. How about you? Um, I've decided to plant okra and some dwarf sunflowers. I'm working on getting some drip irrigation in my garden. Um, kind of at a standstill right now. I've got to plant the okra in the greenhouse before I can get it out. Yeah, so we had a we had a good uh, corn crop this year. Our corn yeah. we finished it up just a few days ago, and our corn crop was yield was pretty good. And we got a video coming on that in the next few days. We're going to be talking about yield, how much sweet corn you need to plant, give you an idea on all that. It's a very good video. We had a good I'm not gonna say an excellent corn crop. We had a good corn crop. We had 50 bags from that patch yeah. of corn. Yeah. So. One thing, I, tip I will give people, and I learned this one the hard way, when that corn is through and it's time to do something right then, go in there and chop those stalks down when they're green, whether you have to do it with a machete, whether you do it with a flail mower, whether you do it with a rotary mower. Get rid of that corn stalk when it's green. It will cut up. It will decompose a lot quicker. If you let those stalks dry out, it can be troublesome to get rid of them. So that's a little quick tip that I learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. Also been canning tomatoes, um, tomato juice this week, and some more of the uh, cherry tomatoes in an Italian style. And mm -hmm. Changed it up a little bit, did you? Yeah, somebody didn't like my tomatoes last week, so yeah, yeah. changing it up. Um, this is, I think, can be served on pasta, but uh, I have a video showing how I did that coming out later this week. Onions and all that in there as well? Onions, peppers, Italian seasoning. Maybe a little jalapeno and throw it in there. Mm. Well, let's talk about garden a minute. Garden updates. Look okay. what I got right here. Wow. So our baby doll watermelons are coming in. Mm -hmm. Just starting to come in well. And uh, we've already eaten a couple of them off that. We've been doing a couple of videos on these as well. A nice yellow meated watermelon. And these are the icebox variety that normally get six to ten pounds. Normally. I got a couple out there that has... Wow has snuck above that and made pretty good sized watermelons. 
Now, one little quick tip I'll give you on watermelons as well. And I, we was actually in a grocery store down in Florida. <laughs> yes. And this lady stops me out of nowhere. And we was in the produce section. We was just, we was in there getting a couple of things. And uh, she stopped me and asked me, did I know how to tell watermelons water dry? Yep. And I said, well, yes, ma'am, well, I sure do. So I took it upon myself to educate her out there in the produce aisle of how to tell what the watermelon was. And she was a little bit thrown off there because maybe I got a little carried away and went a little too yeah, much detail here. about five minutes. It, it overwhelmed her a little bit. But I felt it was an opportunity to educate the lady there on watermelon. So I went all into detail. And I never did tell her what we did for a living or nothing. But anyway, I thought that was funny. When I got through, she just kind of had that stare on her space and I handed her the watermelon I thought was right and she grabbed it and went. She so did. she probably had second thoughts had she asked me. About question. five minutes later, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> she had a little too much information on She had more than what she was really asking for. <laughs> yeah. But uh, if you're buying a watermelon grocery store, now one of the things that I look for is that nice creamy bottom there where it laid rested on the ground. And that's a pretty good indicator to me if that watermelon is ripe. Now a lot of people talk about the webbing in here, about the paleness and the stripes and all that. Y'all, I, I tell you, for years, we've messed with watermelons. I've never seen any correlation there to the webbing. I'm not saying that there's not, but I've never known it or never seen anybody say anything to me about it. None of the old timers never explained that that to me whatsoever. She was into thumping. She was into thumping to sound. And I said, you know, yeah, maybe. But I mean, that's not, uh, so I, I explained to her my way. Nice creamy yellow bottom there is a good indicator. And what we're going to do is we're going to cut it this right here and see if it's going to make a storyteller out of me or not. Oh, no. It's always taking a gamble when you cut a watermelon on camera. How about that? Let me get my big knife out here. Okay. Now this is the watermelon that last year, uh, Gene Paw grew, and it turned out to be real sweet, one of the best watermelons I've ever eaten. However, we've had a lot of rain lately, and I don't think mine are as sweet as his, and I'm going to lay it to the fact that we've had rain. I'm not going to lay it to the fact that he's a better watermelon grower than I am. It's not popping. It's not popping. That's not good, is it, Sheila? Mm -hmm. When it pops, you say it's ripe. How about that? But boom. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, it looks pretty good, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Look at there. Show everybody what it's like. Now, these baby dolls are a seeded watermelon. Don't let that scare you. Watermelons that have seeds taste and eat good also. It's ones we, we have grown all our lives was the seeded ones. Now, next year, I probably will experiment with some seedless varieties, but uh, I've just always preferred the seeded ones. I guess it's because we was, we was raised that way. Now, I'm gonna get me a little slice of it here and taste it. Now, it has been wet, rainy, and these watermelons, or maybe not as sweet. And I'm all, what are you doing? <laughs> salt. You want some salt? No, I don't want no salt. I don't I put like salt, salt on watermelon. watermelon. <clears throat> that is a good way to run a good watermelon. No. You know, there's a camp out there that likes salt on watermelons. and I they're like salt. And they're that don't. Now, I think it's a sin to put salt on your watermelon. I always put salt on watermelon. Yep. That's the reason we have to have his and her watermelon. Because yeah. I don't want no salt nowhere near my watermelon. What you'll find on a dry year, you'll find the watermelon is normally a little bit sweeter than what they are in a wet year. Mm. It's got water dripping off of it. That's a decent watermelon. It's not the best I've ever had, but it's a mm. decent watermelon. And it's ripe. I mean, it could stand a few more days, but it's pretty ripe. Yeah. <sighs> Messy. Making a mess. All right, I'm going to slide this over to the side. How about that right there? As much as I hate to, because I have to partake in that later. Because as we all know, 
I do love me some watermelon. Well, I'm mm. just gonna keep eating mine. Okay. Now another thing that we've had going on, and this is our product, I'm gonna line this over here to you. This is our product spotlight of the week. Did we get some seeds, these seeds right here? No. Nope. Okay. This is our salad bowl, our red salad bowl lettuce right here. And we grew this inside as we're doing a lot of work with our indoor seed starting kit. You can also, after you get through growing your seeds with your indoor seed starting kit, you can also grow your greens that are now. And we've been doing a lot of, a lot of growing with that just to see what all you could do. Now, if you grow lettuce much, we know we do a great job with lettuce in the early spring and we do a great job in the fall, but we don't do a great job with lettuce in the summertime because it gets bitter on us and it just gets a lot of leaf scorch. And it bolts. And it bolts, it just doesn't do well. But now growing lettuce inside in these controlled environments is a real nice thing to do during this time of the year. Now this lettuce right here, as you can see, this is one of those, I've got, it's not a 1020, it's real close to a 1020 tray that we sell. There's a lot of lettuce there. Now you could cut this lettuce actually twice. So you can cut it now, and you want to cut it about right, let's see if I can show everybody, about right here. You want to leave a little bit there. You don't want to cut it all the way back to the soil, but you want to leave it a little bit there. Cut that top off, and this is considered baby lettuce. You can get two cuttings off that. If you fertilize it, it will flush back out and you can get another, another cutting mm -hmm. off of it. Okay. But it's not bitter when you grow it in these lower no, temperatures not. like inside. Makes a nice salad. And I'll tell you what, that is a lot of salad right there. It is. There, and it's a nice, I love the color of this right here. And, and you all do not like romaine. I personally like romaine, but if you don't like romaine, this is a good crisp lettuce. It makes a nice salad right here. It's real similar to the texture and flavor of what you're maybe used to. Now it's considered a loose leaf uh, lettuce, so it didn't necessarily make a head. Makes a great salad there. See there, the nice colors on the red and green. You can take this one, you can mix it. You can grow the green and mix them together, or you can just grow this one by itself and make you a nice salad. And you salad. said you can cut it more than once? Yeah, you can cut it twice. Another thing too, it's a good way to have BLTs in the summertime when your tomatoes are coming in. So you can grow your lettuce inside there, have them come off when your tomatoes come off and you can BLT, you got everything but the bacon. Red salad bowl lettuce. And that's under a grow light. Now that was under a grow light. Now I actually um, germinated them and grew them out in like 75 degrees, controlled atmosphere of 75 degrees. And those cool weather crops, as we classify these, love that 75 degree temperature. Now it's gonna be just a tad bit slower than what it would be outside, but you're gonna end off with a better product. That there, if my memory serves me right, is about 25 days old. So you could grow one of these trays of here off in a month, easy. And I, I don't know how much lettuce would be there. We need to probably do a, a cutting in the way yeah. and see how much you get there. But you could get at least enough off for two people, probably three or four meals, just mm -hmm. eating a big salad. All right, so we're going to talk about the main segment today, as we alluded to earlier, is going to be fall planning to plant. Planning to fall, planning to plant <laughs> a fall garden. Now, what we're going to be talking about today is summer crops. We're not going to be talking about 
what I consider cool weather crops or cold crops. The ones we're not going to talk about today that we will cover on a separate show that has a different separate set of issues as far as planting when you would plant and things like that is going to be carrots, lettuces, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbages, onions, garlic, any of those we're not addressing today. What we're going to address today are those summer crops that cannot make it through a freeze. The ones such as peppers, tomatoes, cucumbers, squash, pumpkins, peas, oh, I say peas, I'm talking about cow peas. We're going to cover those today because those can be grown in the fall part of the year. And a lot of people don't do this, but I think they a lot more people should be planting a fall garden. And one reason that we don't plant a fall garden is because. Well, um, it's not in your face like the spring and the summer stuff is. You go in the big box stores and they've got school stuff out. Sometimes they've already got Christmas stuff out. Um, and you just don't think about it. And right. you're thinking about holidays, going back to school, Christmas coming up, Thanksgiving, and it's not right there in your face. Yeah, and you know, it's hot in the summertime. July and August is normally really hot, and we, we probably don't get out there in the garden and do as much well, as we do Well, your other garden's spring. ending up, and you're thinking about, oh, collards and yep. lettuce and that kind of stuff. But we have been real successful in the past growing these summer crops in the fall of the year. And one of the ones that I failed to mention a little ago was corn. Now corn is just a little bit different than the others I mentioned too because it has a shorter harvest time. Normally when sweet corn gets ready, you got about 10 days, uh, seven to 10 days and it's through and over with. So you could plant it, it seems to do real good. We plant, I mean, we planted ambrosia about three years ago in the fall and we had a mm -hmm. heck of a crop, a good crop of corn in the fall of the year. So we're gonna go over today when to plant these crops and how to plan for them. And we're gonna start off explaining to you the process of how we come across these dates. How about okay. that? First of all, let's talk about freezes. Now, <clears throat> when we talk about a frost, a frost is any time that you got air temperature less than 38 degrees and you 36. got 30, yeah, excuse me, 36 degrees, but you got other elements that are favorable such as frost and those can be humidity, ground temperature, other things like that. You have to have the ideal conditions to have a frost, but the temperature has to be, air temperature has to be less than 36 degrees. Now what we consider a light freeze is 29 to 32. Now those can somewhat uh, burn summer plants somewhat. Sometimes they can take them out if the conditions are just right. But those are you get into that you get to that stage there where you got to be real careful. You can get some damage, or you can kind of, if the conditions are just right, the wind is just right, you might can slip through and and not have as much damage with you might those. Might want to cover them up a little bit. May want to cover them up. It is definitely time for concern. And then we got hard freeze down here. Hard freeze is considered anywhere from 25 to 28. Pretty much take out all your summer crops. Now anything below 25 degrees, we call that a killing frost or killing freeze. It's going to take out for anything okay. that is uh, summer growing, such as your flowers, your zinnias, and sunflowers, and all the crops that we've talked about. So let's dig into it knee deep here. All right, so let's get my other one out here. And we're going to go over this right here. And this is going to be the way we come about all that, what we're fixing to tell you, and I may have to get around here where I could read this right here. Okay, so what we did is we're taking the first frost date. 
Now we're in, in zone eight, but the way you can find this out is pretty simple. And we're going to put the link here on the screen here. And this is the Almanac. You can go to this site right here and you can put your zip code in. And this folks, this is easy. You can put your zip code in and it automatically tells you your first frost date. So we put our zip code in and we come up with November 20th. And we got a November 20th first frost date. So then we take the crop that we're looking at and we look on the pack and it says days to maturity. We take that number and we add it to what we call the cushion days plus the harvest days. Sometimes we call this the cushion harvest days. So it gives us a little cushion because you don't want this plant such as corn coming off right at your first frost date. You want to give yourself a little cushion there to have that harvest window there and plus give you a couple of three or four or five days of cushion there because we don't really know exactly when we're going to have that first frost. That is an average up there that November 20th date so it can move around a little bit on that date. So we take our cushion harvest days, add them to our days to maturity and we subtract that from our first frost date which is November 20th. You think that's pretty simple for everybody to understand? I'm going to leave that just there. Add a and subtract. Add and subtract. Okay. So we, let's look at here where we're going. Let's look at specific crops. Okay. Okay. The first one we're going to look at is corn. Now, for everybody right now, we're talking about zone eight because that's what we're in. But don't fret if you're not in zone eight, because when we get through with this, we're going to show you exactly how you can move this thing to your zone and figure all these out. And it'll be real simple for you. Number one is honey slick sweet corn. So if I'm going to plant honey slick sweet corn, I know that I got uh, about 75 days to maturity. So I'm going to add me 15 cushion days quote harvest days to that mm -hmm. that's going to give me a 15 day window of there to harvest and give me five or six days cushion days there so that gives me 90 days that i have got subtracted away from November 20th. my first frost date which is going to give me a planting date of august the 22nd and then we can just round this off because we're going to get real specific about it but you're talking about middle of August. Mm -hmm. So if you all out there that want to plant sweet corn in zone eight, you want to plant middle August. Foolproof, dead on timing to plant that sweet corn. Okay. Peppers. So this is a Lola banana pepper. Um, it has 70 days to maturity and you want to give yourself about plenty, about 20, um, harvest cushion days and then also with peppers you also got to add in your six weeks of planting them in the greenhouse and having transplants so 70 plus 20 plus that six weeks to uh, get those transplants ready is 132 days so subtract 132 from the november 20th and you need to plant these now july 8th yep now let me add one thing to that on the dazed maturity, that is always by the time that transplant or that seed goes into the ground. So it does not take in consideration any greenhouse time. Okay. So whether it's transplanted or where it's direct seeded, either way, that is that dazed maturity date. So we did have to add the six weeks. Now, some of you may can grow out 
peppers and tomatoes a little bit quicker than six weeks. I normally figure on six weeks. Now sometimes, you know, in the right kind of conditions, you can do it in five weeks. But six weeks was kind of the figure we went on because that's the one I, most time when I time myself, it runs out to be anywhere to five to six weeks. So you got just a little bit of time there, but it is July 8th. So if you're in zone eight and you want to plant peppers, if you don't have the seeds, you need to be ordering because you need to get on the ball with that right there. All right, so let's look at summer squash. We all love summer squash. And summer squash, we get tired of them early in the springtime, and then we wish we had some more summer squash. So you can plant these in the fall of the year, and this is the recipe for that. Here we have gentry squash, 45 days to maturity. Now, I gave us 20 days of cushion and harvest time here because squash can kind of linger out, and you can have a pretty good harvest interval there. So I gave us 20 days on that. That is a total of 65 days from November 20th. So we got a planting day on summer squash of September the 18th, the middle of okay. September. All right. The next one is beans, and I have the jade bush bean. It has 55 days to maturity, and you want to add 15 cushion harvest days. Because most of the time, when green beans get ready, they're ready. They're ready. Yeah, you, you don't have a long... couple times. You pick them a couple times, but you don't have a very long window there to get them out. And if the frost doesn't come November 20th, you'll just have more time. Yep. Um, so 55 plus 15, 70 days from November 20th. So you want to plant these September the 11th. September the 11th. Good deal. All right. Another thing about beans, too, one reason you want to plant beans, particularly in the fall, and a lot of these plants that we're telling you, those nights cool off in the fall of the year, and you have a lot better fruit set or, or vegetable set, bloom set, and such things as beans, it makes real, it's real important that you have those cooler nights so it sets a good fruit. You have less bug pressure? Yeah, well... No, you have more bug pressure with the exception of one. And that's one thing we'll cover. But you are going to have to pay a little more. If there's one thing that you got to pay a little bit more attention to is bug pressure uh, is in the fall of the year. So you got to spray on a spray program a little, a little bit better. But there's one exception to that. And I'll, I'll cover that when we get there. Max Pack Cucumber. So you know what? We, didn't, we did good on our garden this year. We had one thing that kind of yeah, failed us. It was our cucumber. And the reason disease got us, and I really don't know why, but it got us early on. So we didn't make the best cucumber crops. So it's going to be important that we plant cucumbers and make a good fall crop. Right. I wasn't able to can any. You wouldn't even put any pickles up. And we normally, you put up a decent amount of pickles. So we got max pack cucumber here, 55 days to maturity. Now we're going to add 20 cushion days there. 20 days of harvest time plus cushion days. That gives us 75 days from November 20th, a planting date of September 6th. So basically the 1st of September. Okay. Um, I don't have an example, but winter squash pumpkins is another thing you can plant. Now they have 105 days to mature. Well, anywhere, for, some of them differ a little bit. I say 90 to 105. 90 to 105. Yeah. So we just go <clears> with 105. And you want to add 20 cushion harvest days to that. So 125 days from November 20th, you're looking at planting them now, July 8th. So yeah. get your seeds and get them in the ground. <coughs> Excuse me. So if you don't have them, you better, this is your last chance in zone eight. Excuse me. Your last chance for zone eight of getting those winter squash and pumpkins in the ground to grow. My, I got pumpkins up growing pretty good, so oh, I'm in pretty gorgeous. good shape there. All right, the last one we want to go over here 
It's Southern Cow Peas. You eat some more. Don't right. don't want. I don't want what you put no salt on. So the Southern Cow Peas, <clears throat> we're going to look at Sedandy Cream Pea. 65 days to maturity. And I'm going to give us 15 cushion harvest days there. That gives us a total of 80 days from November 20th. I got a little cough. <coughs> I get some more water. So that gives us a 80 days from November 20th planting date. September 1st. So the 1st of September is the time you need to plant your southern cow peas. Now this is the one I want to talk to everybody about. I don't understand why, but a lot of times in the fall of the year you don't have as much pressure with the cow pea cucurio stinging these peas. And if you know what that is, that's that little sting that's on your plant that can ruin your peas. For some reason, other peas are easier to grow or better to grow in the fall of the year than they are spring as far as bug pressure. It's one of those that's just very unusual. Normally, it can grow a very good crop of peas in the fall of the year. So, uh, southern, if you want to, if you want to plant you a pea crop, that would be a good time to do it. September one. Now, <clears throat> let's just say that you are in zone seven or you are in zone nine. If you're in zone seven, you have pretty much missed the boat on your peppers and your tomatoes at this point. You don't have enough time left to plant what we call a, quote, fall garden. Now, you do have time to plant corn and other things like that. But if you need to transplant it, you're... Yeah, if you need the peppers, tomatoes, uh, those those, and winter squash and pumpkins, if you ain't got them in the ground, it's time to move on and do something different. You got plenty of other opportunities out there to plant. So what you want to do if you're in zone seven... You want to go and move that date two to three weeks back from the number we give you. And to give you an example on that, you can move that, that date, that plant date of August 22nd on corn, move it two weeks up to the first part of August. And a good rule of thumb there in zone seven is move two to three weeks from the dates we give you that we're in zone eight and you'll be in good shape there. Now, if you're in zone nine, it's just the flip side of that. you got plenty of time left to get all these in the ground. You guys in Zone 9, y'all can do worlds of things with your garden as far as uh, fall gardening because you have such a long growing season. So what you want to do is you want to add two weeks to those dates we put out there. You can either go back and do all the math like we did it, which is not that hard to do, or you can look at our dates and just add two weeks to it, and I think you'll be in good so shape. So they're looking for corn the end of August. Yeah, yeah. You know, they got a decent window there they can play with. And they still got a couple weeks to get their peppers and tomatoes planted. They still dealing with a lot of heat, a lot longer than what we are. So they got opportunity there. So I they, still think this is my favorite watermelon. You think so? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a nice size because we don't waste a lot, especially the two of us. I like the flavor. The yellow watermelons, either people love them or they don't. You know what I mean? They either want red ones or yellow ones. My granddaddy I, always grew them. I really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Them. Yeah. Papa always grew them. I like the yellow. Yeah. It's a good watermelon. Baby doll variety has served us well this year. We like it. Next year, I'll probably switch it up and go back to a, a red one. One I did grow a few years ago that I just trialed was an orange glow, which is an orange watermelon. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, it was, I didn't grow a lot of them, but it was, it had a real thin rind. It was a novelty type watermelon. It wasn't a, one I would grow again, probably. But it was an orange, which is very unique. Yep. Do watermelon. they have seedless yellow watermelon? They do. We do, actually, yep. Mm. So watermelon is always a great treat to have around under the shade tree this time of the year where you can go out there and sit there and enjoy it with your family. You eat two or three at I a time. I do. I love watermelons. He'll cut it and just eat the heart out. 
Yep, feed the rest of the horses or chickens yeah. and move on. All right, I think that wraps us up. I hope this has given people some good, useful information because I tell you, before I got digging into it, I didn't realize how important some of these dates was. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you folks. I have planted tomatoes before, too late trying to grow a fall garden without doing my research and failed. I had pretty tomato plants and the frost coming out of them. Mm -hmm. So it's important to look at these dates here. Now, I think you'll be successful doing it. If you have not grown a fall garden, I hope this is... Uh, kind of prompt you along to get out there and give it a try. I think you'll be surprised at how successful you can be. I always thought fall gardening was getting ready for the cool crops. It can be. It can be. But these... And, and but I never really thought about how you've got to start in July to get these crops in before then. Exactly. And then you also kind of got to plan ahead and you got to have you another area that's going to be ready to plant those those crops that you're talking about because these, these won't be gone these won't be gone they're going to be taking up that spot so you got to do a little planning so and we'll do that on another show we'll talk about planning for those other crops you got to have you another spot set aside for those because these are going to be in production by the time you need to start doing that so okay. good deal all right so we hope this has helped you somewhat and now folks it's time for y'all to get your friends get your family get your kids get your grandkids and get out there and get dirty mm -hmm.